Thanks for listening to the Dallas 3 Review podcast with Weege and JT. Appreciate it. Don't forget Racetech. Use the code PULP21 to save at Racetech. Give your bike some love. Give your uh, motor some love, your suspension. Do something. Make it work right. It'll reward you back, people. And use the code PULP21 to save on parts and motor work and suspension work at Racetech. They, uh, the guys at SGB Cowies use Racetech. Nuclear Blast Yamaha use Racetech. Zombie Blows is a big Racetech guy. He's been that way for a number of years now. They have CNC digitized porting. They're done in-house right in Corona, California. If you're a tuner and you want to take advantage of what they do, they can they sign an NDA and Racetech can do it for you. So you can offer your customers your best product and the intended design every single time with confidence. Uh, use the pop code to save on Racetech engine and suspension needs. Thanks to the folks at Racetech. We appreciate it. All right, on to the pod. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,700 podcasts delivered with over 17 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome everybody to the Fly Racing Racer X Dallas 3 Race Review Podcast. I'm Mathis, of course. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. JT and Weege. Coming up here right away, man. So thank you for listening. Fly Racing, of course, making this happen. 2021 line. Uh, they got Osborne. Uh, he's out right now. They got Brayton. He's out right now. But trust me, they got some really good guys still racing each and every Saturday night. Mitchell Oldenburg, for example, making the main in Fly Racing. And, of course, you have Savachi and Bogle. Oh, Bogle was out too, though. Anyways, 2021 line is better and uh, than ever before, whether it's the Formula Helmet with Rion Technology, whether it's the Zone Pro Goggle, the goggle that's a big push for those guys this year. Or the uh, boots that they have, or the light pant has been all new and redesigned. They've got it covered. Uh, flyracing.com for your next gear choice or hard parts or anything else. Uh, please check those guys out. The folks at WPS are presenting sponsors at Supercross, and they do a great job with it. So uh, please check that out. Also, I want to thank the folks at Renthal. Renthal.com, you know the name, you know the brand, and uh, you've probably used something from Renthal at some point, right? Whether it's the bars, whether it's the sprockets, the chains. Uh, the Fat Bar 36 that's out. They got the regular Fat Bar. They got the Twin Wall Bar. They all, they even make the 7.8 Bar for old uh, Trusty. And uh, I think they're doing well in vintage stuff. So uh, more championships and all the other brands combined. You can outfit your bike head to toe. Handlebars, grips, chains, sprockets. Uh, with all rental stuff. Um, so please check that out. Mountain bike stuff as well. They do a good job with that. I want to thank the folks at Max's Tires, MXSTs. Developed by Jeremy McGrath. Used by A-Ray to uh, get himself into the main in Dallas 3. And, uh, yeah, please check that out. Mountain bike tires, light truck tires, UTV tires, maxis.com uh, for more information on everything that they make. If it's black and it's round, 
Maxxis probably makes a tire for it. So uh, please check those guys out. Next time you're thinking about making a tire purchase, uh, look head on over to Maxxis if you haven't been and see what they've got, all right? So thanks to those guys. I want to thank folks at Cobalinks and Motorsport.com as well uh, for coming on this podcast and, uh, of course, Onyx Maps and Arma on board as well. All right, here's the podcast. And now, as promised, on the Dallas 3 review show, uh, Fly Racing, thanks to those guys for making it happen. It's uh, my boss at RacerX Online, the voice of flat track racing, which is something I watched Saturday morning before Supercross. It's Jason Wigand. What's up, Weege? Yeah, we got you going. There were a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Fired me off a lot of texts. I, I think it's piqued your interest. Yeah, well, I was into it. I thought it was cool. I, I, there was a uh, there was a, a girl winning. There, uh, Kristen Beat was there. Ricky Rackman was there. Like yes. a lot yes. of things going on that were exciting. Yeah, and there's a lot more of a motocross tie-in um, than before. Uh, Briar Bauman and Jared Meese, who are the two top guys, are both trained by Alden Baker, actually. Right. So they're pretty uh, tied in insiders, uh, much more than people would probably realize. So that's pretty cool. And we had Meese on the Pulp Show uh, last year at some point when Jim Hawley was here, and he was really cool. Nice guy. So, uh, oh, Jim must have been stoked. Oh, he was, totally. I let Jim yes. take the whole thing, as usual. Okay. Also on the line from Fly Racing, flyracing.com. This man was actually at Dallas 3, unlike Weege and myself. It's Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Not much. Just uh, apparently I just want it more than you guys do. I don't, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, uh, I can't uh, really dispute that. You know, I looked at the schedule, saw two weekends off, then thought to myself, if I didn't go to Dallas 3, it's three weekends off. And, uh, yeah, I was pretty stoked on that. So, Weege, will you be? Uh, just dark side and I. Yeah, Weege, and I are really the only lone lone soldiers in the press box. Weege, will you be making your return to any races at any point? Yeah, I think I'm going to go to all three of these Atlantas. It's just uh, too good to be true. Like they're right down the road. Um, you could take the COVID test and you know maneuver your way around that. Um, you're not just stuck there for ten days to sit in the press box somewhat by myself. So yeah, I'm in for Atlanta. How about that? I like it. I like it. Hey, another more flat track stuff before we get going. Oh, uh, wow. So. Um, the Mission Tortillas, they sponsor like oh, a just five had a quesadilla with them. Oh, it's great! And they sponsor like a five thousand uh, dollar uh, dash to the cash or something. That's right. Yeah, five thousand per race. Where I believe there's eighteen races, seventeen races. So it's a good amount of money. Yeah, outside sponsors, Progressive Insurance. Um, so I was down at Daytona for the media day for Flat Track last week, and they handed me a huge bag of Mission Tortilla. So we have been eating quesadillas. Three meals a day, breakfast quesadillas, you name it, because I got so many free tortillas. It's great. <laughs> Sounds like heaven, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. JT's I mean, for JT, but you want to ship you some, JT. In a in a former life, I would have been making a trip to North Carolina, or I would have just been reaching out for your contact over at the, uh, yes. the Mission Tortilla Company. Yeah. So obviously, yeah. someone at Mission used to race flat track or something. You know, I thought so. However, I also happen to see on Twitter, like over the weekend, like some IndyCar has got like Mission as a title sponsor. So there must be some overall racing thing. I got a, a bag of Mission tortilla chips, also like like nacho chips, and they're IndyCar shaped. Oh wow, Mission tortillas! I know. You know me and my unique shapes of the tortilla chips. If you remember. Yes, yes, that's true. You're all in. Yeah. Texas. Remember what I got? Texas shape. Yeah, Texas. Texas shape. That's right. right. I had the Texas Houston. chips in uh, when we lived in Houston. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I do remember that. It was it was phenomenal. I uh, I got to put this po- this podcast on pause while I go call Mission Tortillas and see if they're interested in sponsoring an internet radio show. 
that's really what you were getting at with this. Can we get Mission Tortilla and Supercross to give $5,000 to the, you know, the heat race winner to see some sort of three-lap battle? Can we do that? No? <laughs> That'd be great. Literally. Would these dudes care? The, Would these dudes care? The flat track guys win 5K for two laps, people. And so think about that. That, that, that 5K, what's that at a 250 purse, JT? Uh, third? Uh, I don't know, man. I, I honestly don't. I, I would think it's more than that. I, 5K is probably about what the leader, the winner makes. Okay. So that's like the same as winning a 250 Supercross for two laps at a flat track race from Mission Tortilla. Let's do it. Sign it up. Uh, you got an asterisk there, though. Okay. Justin Cooper made a lot more than $5,000 over the weekend. Yeah. And, and you're also just speaking for their budget, too. Like, you're just like, ah, no problem. Let's do this. Oh, we've already signed him on to the Pope Show. Yeah, yeah. No, already no. Done. Listen, if Mission, if Mission's on board with flat tracking, wait till they see Supercross. Do they do they know about it? I mean, do they, are they aware? <laughs> it's just the bonus, the factory bonuses, which are a thing that most motorsports are probably jealous of. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there is a factory Indian motorcycle team. I'm sure there's some sort of win bonus, but the, I'm wondering if you put five grand on the line, would the dudes at the top level care? The factory teams but, would probably be like, yeah, on. they're not racing. They, they're we're, not, right. they're we're, missing, not. we're missing the, the largest part of this uh, whole deal. Uh, the fact that they're willing to pay 5000 a weekend to the rider is literally nothing in the grand scheme of what it would cost to, be, to have the right to pay $5,000 to the winner of the heat race. Well, obviously that, they pay flat track some money to be the right, uh, so yeah, they, they understand that. I, I think you're that, underestimating so, okay. the difference in fees right, there. Yeah, yeah, all right. So <laughs> I'm aware that Mission Tortilla is probably aware that there's a, there's a fee to be involved to have $5,000 up for grabs. But, yes, but I'm you. saying you're like, no problem, yeah, let's just do the five grand. Like I, but I, I have a little bit of insight as Thanks to, for bringing us down, JT. I really thought that my, my stuff on the, tor- on the wrap-up show was going to bring Mission Tortilla in. I really thought it that was going to happen. It, it felt that way. Yeah, okay. Oh, sorry. All right, moving on. Um, the wrap-up show. Yeah, the wrap-up show. Literally. Yeah, that's what it was going to be. Dark Side Pony was going to bring in the mission money. If you, if you wrap it up in a mission tortilla, it'd be fantastic. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, hey, speaking of the press box and Dark Side, uh, Kev, did you see Kevin Kelly there, JT? I did, yeah, just very briefly right before the night show. I don't, I don't think he was there all day. Um, I... I Saw him at around, I guess it would have been around 6.30. Uh, yep. But I, I was in and out of the press box all day, and that was the first time I saw him. Yeah, so my buddy Kevin Kelly of DMXS Radio, original and still best, he was announcing at Freestone all week, and he decided, ah, why not stay in Texas one day, one more day, and I'll go to Supercross. So I get a text from him at, like, 1 o'clock Saturday, like, hey, you here? And I'm like, where? And he's like, Arlington. And I'm like, dude, nobody's there. And he's like, what? And then later on, he's like, I'm in the press box. There is no one here. And I'm like, yep. Well, Good job. Glad well, you passed your COVID test, got your credential, got it all dialed. Uh, Him and Darkside. Yeah, Darkside was there. Yeah, he's there. Darkside was there, yes. Uh, Eventually uh, there was one other guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh yeah. it's not a lot of fun to cover the races, if you're wondering. Uh listen, we don't do no. this for fun. It's not just all you know, we, we work really hard. We have to be at there at the races for sixteen hours. Mm-hmm. And uh it's not easy and it's not a lot of fun in twenty twenty one, people. I'll just put that out there. So Okay. You know. Uh, um, I like it. I think it's fine. Okay. Yeah, well, great. Um, so thanks to Fly Racing, by the way, for coming on board this. Uh, motorsport.com, Cobo Links, Renthal, and Maxis all on board with this. Uh, good track. We had a good track, JT. Looked looked really cool. You know, anytime the guys can go uh, five in a rhythm section, and, and the whoops were good. Uh, uh, sand section 
was giving him some problems. Uh, a very, very uh, uh, unique, well, not unique, but a very, uh, very good track. Original, yeah. I, you know, it was just funny because Weege and I were going back and forth on Twitter, and he was getting a lot of feedback and stuff with the track conversation. And, you know, I, I have to take a victory lap because I, I know this is what they're capable of. And I really am – I try to be careful, as you guys know. I, got, I really try not to be controversial, especially when it's Sheld involved or, or critiquing or criticizing things they do. Uh, but I really felt like the tracks for Arlington 1 and 2, especially 2, were crap. I, I didn't like them. Uh, I didn't think there was much thought it put into them. There was no passing. There was all of this switchback stuff, which really disallows passing all the way around. There was no way to go through the rhythm section other than really the main line. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, yeah, we remembered how to build a track. And Arlington 3 is the best track we've seen all year. So, you know, that's, I guess, why I get so frustrated is they're, they're absolutely capable of it. This wasn't some sort of magic dust that they sprinkled on it. You know, I don't know what the difference is, if it's intentional or not, but this track was awesome. Like all kinds of different stuff. It was really difficult. The whoops were tough. You could jump through rhythm sections differently. The sand was tricky. Like, I mean, I loved everything about it. Yeah, no, it looked, looked really good. And uh, it was so. Certainly- no, I want to I give JT that victory lap because I didn't, I, I thought this track couldn't be done. Like, this mythical, they'll build rhythm lanes where you could go two or three ways, and they're similar in speed, but it can be rewarded if you get it right. I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. Sign me up. It just can't be done. So you can, I'll take all these mud race victories, but I will give you this one hardcore. I was wrong. I didn't think this could be done. It was awesome. But we've, we've seen it. We've seen them at Glendale. We've seen them different places. We've seen great tracks with all the things that JT just talked about. I mean, it can be yeah. done. I mean, when you say it can't yeah. be done, like – We've seen this from a number of years from great tracks, and, and I write about them every week. And I'm like, oh, look at this, something that only a few guys can do, and l- look at these whoops. Why does this have to be you know? the anomaly? You know, why can't this be more common? You know, if we get a if we get a a terrible one here and there, I get it. Like they can't all be winners. You know, like every once in a while, you're just going to get one that doesn't work. But man, could you imagine how much better the series would be if we got tracks like this every week? Like. Just everything about it, the practice sessions, the racing, like there was intrigue about the rhythm sections. Guys were screwing up, you know, and, and it didn't have to be a huge crash to be a mistake. Guys would just miss a rhythm section one lap and lose two or three seconds. Like that That completely changes the face of the racing, you know. I, I just loved it. I just thought when it happens that infrequently, I'm like, it is, it is magic. It's like it, it's such an unbelievably carefully, like it almost has to happen on accident. You can't plan it that way. But you're thinking, JT, you can. It can happen more than three times in the last five years. Well, it can be know. done. So I'm, I'm more posing a question. It's like why can't oh, right. it be more common? You know, like it didn't, yeah. it didn't seem like they pulled a rabbit out of their hat. It was just the jumps were bigger. There were more options. And, I, and you know what? In a nutshell, I really felt like, this track, for once, lived up to the capability of the motorcycles these guys are riding these days. There are so many tracks built where everything is jumped within a lap and a half, and everybody's like, ah, okay, well, I got the track figured out. My, I, you know, I'm, I'm like half throttle to do the biggest rhythm section on the track. This track looks like it was built for modern-day bikes. Like, you could jump huge stuff. Like, you could go triple, triple, quad, five, you know, like you could just pull out the biggest stuff ever if you were willing to try it. And you just don't see that very often. Who was the first guy you saw do the rhythm over the table? Uh, 
the first I missed part of the first 450A session. So when I came back to the first time session, those guys all started going three, three on, three off, three into the corner. And that was really the one that I was the most intrigued by. Like the other stuff I didn't think was all that crazy. Like going over the tabletop, I was kind of like, yeah, they're going to do that because they were already jumping onto the tabletop and the penalty for casing it was nothing. Like you would just bounce off, like no big deal. So I kind of expected that when I was much more impressed by the triple on, triple off, triple like that to me was was what I was wanting to see guys do. Yeah, you might want to tell Marty there was no penalty. I think it was that one well, that got right, Marty bad. He, yeah, and I think it was more of he wasn't expecting it. But I watched Roxon do that. I watched Tomac do that. I watched all these guys case it basically, and no big deal, right? But yeah, I mean, I I think if you're going to expect anything unlikely to happen, it's probably Marty anyway. Um. But, yeah, like uh, I think Darkside, a couple other guys were like, man, I don't know if you could go over the table. And I'm like, oh, of course they will. Like they're, they're barely hitting the jump to go onto the tabletop, and then they're going to be able to double out if they go to the downside. So, yeah, they're, they're definitely going to go for it. But well, I think that's, that's also just years of experience being out there, too. Like you, I, I, can, I think I just have a, a little bit more perspective than a guy like Darkside, right, who's never been in that scenario. Um, I can just put myself in their shoes a little bit more. Well, we each uh... – We've been saying Roxon needs to win. It's big race, blah, blah, blah. Look, he he had the start. He was taking off. It was a technical track, which rewards a guy like him who's, you know, very precise. This was it. This was it. He had to get those three points from Coop, who, who had had a bad heat race, and, and he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. And, and color me color me shocked. Weech. Bad? Uh, no, color me shocked. I, 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 I'm very surprised that Webb caught him. Well, it really comes down to the heat race, I think, more than anything. Uh, that heat race was shocking. Look, I, I feel like people are – the fans in general – Cooper Webb, I don't believe, is one over the fans. You could actually hear on TV when he went down. Sexton did not knock him down. It just happened. Yeah. But either way, I think when Roxon got close and Roxon passed him and Sexton passed him, I could hear on TV with the limited capacity crowd even how excited people were. And you're like, well, this is really something. Like, they – had his number, and we know that Webb's usually able to rally and figure out a way out of it, but it's like, how is he going to get out of this one? Like, the whoops, the rhythms, two rhythms and a whoop section, they completely had him covered. You're like, how is he going to wiggle out? And I think that's exciting because I think, A, a lot of people are Kenny fans, and, B, everyone's rooting for the series to just be closer, right? You're almost always hoping the guy second in points beats the guy first in points just to make it exciting. So you, I felt like that was palpable. Like, tonight's the night. Kenny's going to get it back. We're going to go into the break. Two weeks to think about it. Kenny's still in it. I, as impressive as Webb has been in the past to doing this, to me, this might have been the most impressive turnaround. I did not see this coming, but, yeah, dude, about good. three laps into the main, when Roxon wasn't pulling away anymore, I'm like, son of a gun, he's going <laughs> to do this again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he's a gamer, as, as, as what our buddy Phil Nicoletti was texting us yeah. last night, and when the chips are down and he'll make it happen, and he just kind of slowly caught Kenny. And uh, so, yeah, JT, this thing was, was it six? He was 16 down, and now he's 17 up, or do I have that backwards? 15. He's up 15 up. He's up. 50, he was 16 down. Now he's 15 up in yep. uh, uh, five, six races. It's it's incredible. Yeah, and, and just the points even matter though. <laughs> this is just momentum <laughs> to me. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, JT. I think uh, speaking of this one event, you know, to me, yes, I, I was very concerned with 
what Webb was going to do for the night. You know, I, I thought, okay, this, this track isn't working out for me. He really just didn't look like he kind of had it all day. Um, I know you guys don't get to see every lap of practice, but he just seemed more hesitant than normal. And uh, even uh, Ricky in the booth was just kind of saying, like, hey, he just doesn't look as confident as normal, you know. Uh, and then the heat race goes poorly, and you're kind of scratching your head like, man, is he going to get some points back here and all the things that we alluded to? But when he, when he pulled that start out of that bad rut, because the rut was pretty nasty, and he's in second on the first lap, and then you, you watch a couple laps, and Kenny's not getting away, just like we said, you're like, oh, boy. Because I think that was what Kenny expected. Like, Kenny thought, okay, I'm going to get the start. And he did get the start. And he's like, okay, I'm out of here. Like, this is old times. You know, like, I'm, I'm gone. And then Cooper figures it out. Like, he just figures the track out. He's able to negate any weakness he had, really, which was kind of the whoops all day. He just really wasn't as quick as Tomac and, and Webb there, or excuse me, uh, Roxon there all day. And then he just wears these guys down. You know, the track starts to go away, which is certainly – a strength for him. You know, the worse the track gets, I think the worse Roxon gets. You know, on a perfect track, Roxon is really difficult to deal with. And it feels like Webb has figured out that if he can just wait it out, right, he can withstand this first couple of lap barrage that Roxon has, then the rest of the race is going to come to him. And he's just proven that time and time again. And much to Kenny's dismay, that's kind of the way this championship's gone. Yeah, it's not over, Weege, but it certainly feels like it, like you made made a mention. Like, I don't know how Roxon reels this thing in. I mean, obviously a bike problem, big crash. Cooper ended up on a concrete last year, so it certainly happens. My my skepticism of Tomac doing it was because he had to jump two guys. Well, Kenny's just got to jump one guy. But, yeah, Weege, I don't know. Right? Like, I I don't know how he gets this thing back in. No, I mean, we've seen many of these titles he won, and we just know what it normally looks like, you know. And obviously it is possible that... Whatever, Jason Anderson one year had spokes broken in the first turn, right? Like, those things are all possible. But we just know how this normally looks, and it looks exactly like this. You know, halfway through the year, you're like, wait a minute. So what is Webb won? Five out of six? Yeah. No? And the only one he didn't win was Daytona, which is now looking more and more like, ah, it's just Daytona. You don't. You just write off the Tomac win there. Just It's almost like he's won really five in a row. So... We have never really seen, I don't feel like a dude do that and just not end up yeah. champ, even though anything can happen. And also, uh, I mean, Kenny had the greatest opportunity he's going to have to turn the momentum around. A track he was good on, a track Webb was bad on, and he was ahead of him. So to me, that's bigger than math. It was he, nine points, 15 points, who cares? Yeah, yeah. He, he hesitated in one of the turns, one of the left hand turns, you know, when Webb was coming in. Like he was, you know, scared, not scared, but, you know, bracing for impact when Webb didn't hit him. He had a chance to dirty Webb in another turn. You're just like, dude, are you yeah. going to do something, anything? But nope, he's not. And that's fine. That's the way he rides. That's, that's how it is. But I can guarantee you Webb's like, oh, dude, I got you. I got this. You're, you're, not, you're not even going to you're not even going to do anything to me. You know, so um, well, well, that's the point that the, the great Jeremy McGrath made last yeah. week. And McGrath never did that kind of stuff. But even he was saying that Roxon needs to do it because, I mean, that's probably it is what's running through Webb's mind. When he's on him with five minutes to yeah. go, he's got to be like, this is totally mine now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because well, Roxon has not yeah. once been like, oh, dude, he could do something sketchy or he could try to knock me down. Like, yeah, uh, Roxon had three chances, I'd say, to knock him down. It's the implied, it's the implied threat of it, right? Like, Webb, Webb has zero fear of anything coming because why would he have any fear of anything coming? Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Don't even knock him down. Just come in, do something. 
do anything. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it uh, whew, that was a big turn, I think, mentally and everything else. More than that, three points. More than that, three points. Hey, JT, that the uh, sand, I mean, that's where Roxham was really getting eaten up. What Could you see what the heck was – what was he doing wrong or what was Webb and Tomac doing right? Because they were so much faster than Kenny and Sand, and it was killing him energy-wise bouncing through there. That yeah, was the kinda, deciding factor, I thought. I think it just changed quite a bit throughout the, throughout the race. Um, there, you know, to start the main event, basically you were just going double-double. And then it kind of turned into like there was like this double whip on the first one. And Webb was using that to go 2-2 really well. And Kenny was staying kind of to the right. Like if you're facing it as the rider, he was kind of going to the right of that double whip. And he was having a really tough time getting over the first double where Webb was using that whip to kind of give him some lift and get over the first double. And then that would set him up coming from the left side that would set him up to sweep through that corner so much better where Kenny, being on the right, was struggling for the double. And then on top of that, he was on the inside for the final corner. And it was just like this double whammy that was not working at all. And, yeah, the last few laps, you could see Kenny really putting in a charge to try to catch up, and then he would get to the sand and just blow it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, can, it can take one section like that to ruin any charge. I think Kenny was going to the right because it was taller there, right? He thought it would be easier to double, not as worn yeah, out. But, but right. it, yeah, but he wasn't getting it. It just wasn't. He wasn't getting the lift off he, that first one, you know? It wasn't working. So, yep. uh, Tomac Barsha, that was a good battle. That was really good. Uh, that was intense, too. Those guys, uh, you know, pulled away from Anderson who moved up a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I thought at one point Tomac was going to get Kenny before he hit the tough block. So uh, that was a good battle, and I'm sure Bam Bam is pretty frustrated at his two-fourths the last few races because he's ridden well, right? He's done, he's, well, done, were, he's done everything well. There were so many different uh, kind of ebbs and flows in this race. You know, the first few laps, Kenny kind of gets away. Like, he's not under pressure, really. Like, not a big lead, but not under pressure. And actually, Tomac comes up and gets after Webb, you know, just before halfway. Tomac, is, he looks like the aggressor of all four of them. And then that kind of shifts. Tomac drops back, and then Barsha becomes the aggressor. And you're like, man, could Barsha get up here and, and make a run at Webb if he can displace Tomac? Like, there was just so many things going back and forth. Then Webb catches fire, you know, with maybe seven or eight minutes ago and goes up and goes after Kenny. And, you know, I don't know if it was the track changing or these guys just mounting a charge mental, mentally or physically or just finding their groove or what. But, man, it was just this weird back and forth where somebody would just have the momentum and then two or three minutes later he would kind of lose it and somebody else would make a run at it. I think that's, the, you know, part of that is because of the great track, right? Uh, all that stuff. Like, you Certainly make mistakes, be, yeah. you, f- you feel good, you feel in a rhythm, you nail a couple of rhythms, and, and you know, that ma- that makes it for the seesaw battle that, we, that we've seen that was really good. So, um, But Weege, yeah, Barsha's ridden well for not much to show for it. Bonus money and TV interviews and stuff like that the last couple of races. Yeah, that had to be that has to be the bummer for him. Um, I, I believe he might have been a little frustrated after the Tuesday night main event. Just, just a tad, just a, you think? Just a feeling I have, um, which sucks because he did ride awesome. I mean, awesome, uh, especially Tuesday coming through uh, like he did, which we've found on most tracks. If JT is correct, that was difficult to do, and he did come through, and he didn't take dudes out to do it. And then here, like I think, if you're Barsha, you've raced Roxon and Tomac a million times, right? I feel like if you have a race where you're like, I was going just about as fast as them, that's really good. You know, they've had the edge on him more times than he does on them throughout their career. So, yeah, I guess I could see the frustration. I, I was thinking more like he should be pumped that he's riding so well, but I guess you're saying 
to, oh, well, you want thirds. No. Well, yeah, especially because he had it, right? He had third. He got by Eli, and then they had a yeah. nice little race. Did, did you talk to him about that tweet? No. Oh. I'm good, man. Okay. All right. It'll well, come around. Well, I, I, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk it over at some point. We'll yeah. race him when it's time. When it's time. Right. Uh, people were, yeah, in case people aren't aware, there was an issue last Tuesday after the Tuesday race where uh, our guy – Mitch Kendra was actually doing the tweeting for us because Steve, I think, feels he's above tweeting now. Um, well, we had to bring you back, so we brought you back this weekend. No, no, so, I, I tweet every weekend. I just I don't want to do the whole thing, so I try to get out of half okay. of it. Yeah. All right, you're you're a diva. I get it. Um, so yeah, at one point Barsha makes a pass on Plessinger and Sexton last Tuesday, and my guy Mitch types, man, he checked up. He didn't hit anybody, but that was an aggressive angle in that turn. And for some reason, like two hours after the race, Barsha goes on Twitter. Hardly do any of the riders go on Twitter anymore and just starts blasting us as, like, you're fake news. Why do you have to bring up the negative? I wrote awesome. It was clean. It was all heart, just aggressive. And I'm like, what is this? And then I went in there and I said, like, hey, I don't think we meant that as negative. And he's like, oh, it was you that wrote it. Have a good night. And I'm like, I don't know what the beef here is. <laughs> and that's all I got. That's all I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. But don't worry. I fixed it all. I, I tweeted that he was oh, not, you, oh. not aggressive out there. I thought the tweet was you fine. Did. It was an aggressive angle. Yeah, yeah. Tweet was. Was, the tweet was fine. Yeah, but I think I fixed it. He's not aggressive. Yes, you, you, you specified on Saturday he is not being aggressive with any of his moves. <laughs> right, yes. right. Yeah. I just I – don't, I don't feel like it's a beef that has to be buried because, as always, I try to have a golden rule of if a rider is super emotional, heated about something an hour after the race, I kind of just let it go. Right. Uh, Anderson fifth. Good job for Anderson. Wrote, passed a bunch of guys to get up there again, so he's passed a lot of people this whole three Dallas races. He's done a good job of that. Uh, Malcolm sixth. Dylan seventh. Uh, AP ninth, so we had a little bit of a Yamaha run there going on at one point. Didn't didn't kinda show much. AP, yeah, kind of weird. AP got shuffled back there. Yeah, a little bit, right? Yeah, he was. Uh, he, he was on the losing he, end of those guys. He wasn't good in time qualifying either for the first time in a bit. So I don't know. Yeah, no. Yeah, it was just it was just a weird race for him because he's been so good lately. I guess if this was a month ago and he got ninth, I'd be like, yeah, well, okay, no problem. He's just right. he has been better than that lately. Right. Uh, Savachi, uh, good job for Joey. Eighth, he got a good start. We saw him up there early. And then uh, his teammate, Bogle, will be out for a while, sounds like, JT? Yeah, I don't know the final prognosis. Uh, they definitely had sore chest, lungs, and went to get checked out. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully nothing too serious. Right. Dean Wilson, 10th. That's about where he's been all year long, right around there. Uh, good job for Tickle to get 11th. That's, the, that's a good finish for him. I mean, yeah, Sexton. Went down in the sand, and Marvin went down again to DNF. But still, tenth and eleventh for Wilson and Tickle is good job for those guys. So, yeah, Tickle, uh, Tickle, stop me if you've heard this before. Was stuck behind Freezy for a long time. Oh, okay. uh, finally made the move, and then yeah, they, he kind of just rode by himself the rest of the race. Uh, Marvin, rough, rough race for Marv. JT, Jeez. yeah, collided with somebody in the stand, uh, second, third lap, something like that, and uh, got up was flexing his hand uh something was going on with his hand but yeah it's yeah. been a horrific arlington experience for mark sexton too uh that was an odd crash like hard in the sand oh yeah yeah it was his I face guess... and they didn't show it I, w I was begging the cameraman to focus in on his face his face was pouring blood yeah out of it i mean like a faucet had been turned on in his nose and mouth. I mean, I don't know if they are even able to show stuff like that, but it was right. really intense. He, he said that he felt like a, a boxer or something, and he, he got beat up by a boxer. His face is, is bad. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's a couple of big big guys that looked fast that that you know DNF'd on the night. So um, Anstey thirteenth. Uh, I watch. You know what? We don't probably talk about Anstey enough. I had him in Pulp Mex Fantasy last week at or Dallas two, I should say. Um, he's been steady, Weech. Like there's not a lot of uh, uh, there's not a lot of flash there, but in a season. Where the 450 guys, it's hard to make every main. Guys like Max's level. He, not for him, though. He's in every main. And he's steady. And he's not flying off the track. And, like, I don't know, just shout out to Max Anstey for being steady. No, I'm totally with you. Uh, this one really sealed it. He had a couple of good races. It's like when a guy comes back, it's almost like you need, like, a four or five race sample size. Like, look at McElrath, right? He came back at that... In Orlando, in the heat race was amazing. And then you're like, now five weeks after, you're like, uh, hmm, it hasn't been good. Right. But Anstey, this isn't just he got lucky once or was pumped up one no. time. Like, he's just been in this position every time. Right. And then you look at, I mean, I don't know what's up with Hartraft. It's become one of the biggest mysteries of the year. But yeah. uh, I think people are like, well, that Suzuki sucks. And I'm like, dude, Anstey's riding as well as anyone would ever expect Anstey, who hasn't raced Supercross in 10 years. Yeah, if you, told me, if you had told me in January yeah. that Anstey was going to beat Hartraft every single race... That, that they raced together, which maybe mm-hmm. I think has happened. Uh, maybe 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 Hartraff got him once. I don't even know. Uh, I would have said you're crazy. I would have said you're nuts. I would have said Hartraff podiumed 250 Supercross last year. There's no yeah. way Max Anstey, who hasn't raced Supercross for seven years or whatever, is going right. to beat Brandon Hartraff. And dude, he not only beats Brandon, like it's no contest. Yeah, it's really good. Like I feel like 13th. Like that's all you should be asking for for Anstey, at least right now. But I don't know. Maybe he'll get even better. He's yeah. literally just getting started. Twisted T. Yeah. Oldenburg was, a, I guess it was a last minute, uh, not a last minute thing, but because JB couldn't ride. JT, I guess they threw Oldenburg on the 450 again, right? Yeah, I think he's on uh, permanent standby in case anything right. goes wrong for JB, but I'm, uh, I'm thinking we may see a lot more of Oldenburg the rest of this, this season. Uh, JB was on a uh, on the race day live, Weech. Killed it as usual. Absolutely. Just amazing. Uh, between JB and McGrath, I mean, I, I just turn it on and just sleep to the soothing sound. It's like white noise. <laughs> uh, so good. Take a nap to it. But Jer- yep. Jer- hey, Jeremy at Dallas, too, was good. I mean, I don't I don't listen to that show that much. It's on in the press box, right? Uh, I didn't watch it at all. Yesterday I went for a mountain bike ride. Uh, the other race I missed, I did watch it. That was Daytona. So, you know, I'm kind of hit and miss. And when I'm at the race, you can kind of hear in the press box, but you're not really paying attention to it or whatever. But... When Jeremy was on, like I was, I was glued to it. He was great. He was great, and he was all but yelling that Eli Tomac should stop taking the inside gate. He was all but yeah. This, you know, I felt like he was just going to start screaming. So, yeah, he was great. Oh, it was. If you guys have Peacock, you owe it to yourself to go back and watch practice from Arlington too. You're probably like, why would I watch practice from a race that's a week old now? But it's worth it for McGrath's comments in the second eight yep. sessions of practice. Yeah, it was great. Uh, Chiz chizzed everybody. He passed uh, Bowers in the heat race. I don't know what happened to Bowers, but straight up got him near the end to get ninth, and he's back in the main event again. Chiz just so. straight up beat him. Yeah. I, I, wa- I watched it very closely because I had Tyler Bowers in my fantasy team, so I was cheering for Bowers while I watched Chisholm just pass him and pull away. Uh, it was very anticlimactic. Chiz was just better. Right. Uh, Marty, 16th. Again, huge get off. He, he put it on his Instagram story. Uh, backs all jacked up and everything else. God, he crashed good. in the whoops in the practice after that as well. Jeez. A good one, yeah, a good one too. 
Uh, Starling took off with the uh, LCQ win. Good job for Starling. These uh, these Yamaha LCQ guys, they, they don't want any money, apparently. They don't. They just keep making mains. So, um, How about that LCQ with A-Ray and Cade? Oh. Oh. Oh, man. Why do they have to have an awesome racetrack and an intriguing heat race main event title combo? Because I really wanted to just say unequivocally that A-Ray versus Clayson was the best part of the night. But the main was also good. Yeah. I'll it, give it that. Yeah. But and that it, LCQ was dynamite. And uh, A-Ray gets him back, so and then mocks him after the finish. Oh, yep. boy. And really, Brandon, and Brandon really kind of jacked up Cade. Cade was going for Brandon, and it made mistakes going for Brandon, and then that allowed A-Ray to get back in. And, of course, A-Ray was the last lap and a half was just pinned with his eyes closed. But it worked out. And then JT, did his bike break, or did he crash? Uh, bike broke in the main event. Okay. And bike broke in practice, too, correct? Yeah. Okay. Well, first A-Ray crashed. A-Ray crashed, then the bike broke. Oh, okay. In practice, you're talking? No, in the main event. In oh, the main event. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, so there was, there was one, a little of everything. Yeah, yeah. Check, yep. check. Yeah, when you watch the uh, practice show at home, Steve, you don't see it as much as I do, I guess, but you will always, at some point, just see, a, like, a body starting to, like, crawl back to a motorcycle, and you, like, identify. It's in the corner. It's never shown. Right. And you're like, ah, it's A-Ray. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was in the main. Down. It was That was in the main event, too. I saw him on top of the screen. I'm like, oh, there's A-Ray down. <laughs> right before the whoops, I think. I think entering yeah, the whoops. before the whoops. Right. Exactly, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and Bowers uh, crashed out. Yeah, he crashed with Heartrath in the sand. Uh, both of them, I think they crashed pretty good because Bowers just headed back to the to the pits immediately, and uh, Heartrath just kept he ro- literally rolled around, he, and I mean rolled around. He uh, he was three laps down. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you look at you look at Heartrath being three laps down, A Ray DNFing, Bowers DNFing, Sexton DNFing, Marvin DNFing. Jeez, wow, wow. Um. Well, it's uh, it's fifteen points. Do you, think, do you think there is a fear of those all those DNFs, like you said, with building tracks like this? As much as I want this track, I want this track every week. Something like this. Do you think they tone them down on purpose? And they're like, see, see, you make the tracks hard, and guys get hurt. Musian gets hurt. Sexton gets hurt. You know, I I don't buy it. I think if you make the track easy, you're asking for guys to override the track, and you just have big crashes where guys are because they're really pushing the limits of what the track has where if you make the track this difficult i think you force guys to respect the track they actually have to slow down a little bit and pay attention to what they're doing because you can't just blitz your way through some of these sections you'll you will hurt yourself right yeah uh i I don't know if they yeah i don't know i don't think so i think i i I guess i'm asking a question and answering it i think they're scared to make the tracks difficult because they think they're going to thin out the field and lose stars yeah, I agree. I think that's why. And I'm sure, JT, if you went through each one of these crashes, I mean, a couple of them are in the sand here, right? So Marv, Marv, actually, Marv was in the sand. All three of those, right. Marv, Hartraft, and Bowers in the sand. And Sexton, all four. Yeah. Yeah, so it really had nothing to do with the whoops or that big rhythm. Because, um, look, like in the end, if you're saying, okay, so Ken Roxon can jump that five, but, you know, it, to expect Chiz or Bowers or those guys to do it, well, they just don't do it. Right. They just don't do it. So, yeah, I mean, these I don't guys, think, yeah. like, contrary to popular belief, they have breaks, and they actually know what they're doing, right? They're not just robots that are like, well, we got five, we got to do five, and they just send it, right? They, they know where their yeah. locations are. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, when you watch, you know, now that the B and C practices are being covered uh, in practice, I mean, you see all the different, okay, this is what the three-digit level way of getting to that rhythm is, and it's still viable. So I agree. And I asked Tomac in the press conference, like, hey, I know you love this track and you love the options, and he did. And I'm like, but does it at all seem scarier or sketchier? And he said it didn't. Hmm. Um, he thinks it could have been even better. He, Tomac was bummed the other lane on the other end. He was using the outside to get close to Webb, and he's like, the way the jumps were, there was nothing I could do at that speed. Like, there was only one yeah. thing I could jump. I'd enter at more speed, and I would just have to come in behind him. and then Step on, step off. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Um, and he's like, to have awesome whoops, but then a 90? He's like, if you had those whoops with a 180 after it, then you could really block pass somebody. So pass, he didn't right. think it was perfect, but... Yeah. What's that? He's, he's, he's totally right, too. Those, that absolutely makes sense. And, and I, I get your he's uh, – I guess he's kind of taking the worst out of it, but, you know, it, it's never going to be perfect. Those are absolutely valid claims. I would 100% agree with him, and I didn't even think about it at the time. But when I hear him say that, I'm like, yeah, you are 100% right. But, man, they got so much right with this track. <laughs> like, I will, I will take this every time versus what we, we sometimes see. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. Like, Tomac was still saying it was great. Like, even yep. not being perfect, he knows it was better uh, yeah. than usual and not any scarier. So, you're yeah, probably right. They're going to see all these guys DNF and never do it again. But I thought it was great. It's funny, though, to hear comments like that because I didn't even, I didn't even think I, – I did think about the section after the mechanics area where they were going outside and then they had to basically break to go step on, step off. Like, I was like, ah, man, if you could go four there, do something else – that would really yeah. help, but the the point of the ninety after the whoops is is really really uh, true. Like I, I really believe that because it it did disallow for passing. You could see these guys get these huge runs, and then there was just nothing they could do with it. Yeah, and he also said the whoops ended up kind of having a groove um, where you really just there was only one line, and he said it was like somehow, you know, Webb ended up in that, and Kenny wasn't. Kenny was all the way in the left. Um, so it kind of neutralized, it double neutralized the passing of the whoops. There was only one groove down the middle and not a 180 yeah. after. But I'm not making it sound like Tomek was making excuses. He, Webb, uh, Webb was jumping, blitzing, yeah. blitzing, jumping, all jumping, wow. all, yeah, all of it, just anything. Anything that worked, just like you did at Dallas, too. Just whatever whatever works. Um, yep. Thanks to the folks at Fly Racing, of course. Their 2021 line is uh, deeper than ever before. So please check that out if you're, uh, if you're in the market for some gear. Hard parts, uh, Formula Helmet, of course, has the Rion technology in it, which is super, super good. And they have the Formula CC helmet that introduced this year as well. I want to thank the folks at Rental and Maxis. And, of course, Cobalinks as well. It's been over 25 years since Cobalinks lowered the first motorcycle. Uh, they made the DR350 seat height a little shorter for trail riders around the world. Today, Cobalinks has a lowering suspension link for everything from Aprilia to Yamaha. Used by trail riders, motocross racers, and adventure tours like the first one. Each one is still seen seat in Idaho for riders of all ages, heights, and abilities. Uh, get better plushness, improve your cornering, gain confidence by having a lower center of gravity. Cobalinks.com to get one for your bike and get 15% off any link and free U.S. shipping by using the code PulpMX on there. So Cobalinks.com, K-O-U-B-A, links.com. Use the code PulpMX and save. Uh, and uh, also, thank the folks at Motorsport. OEM on aftermarket parts, great service, great prices, free shipping over 79 bucks. Uh, great return policy as well from those guys. And uh, please, if you if you don't if you shop online and you don't go to Motorsport, try them out. Try their service out. Look at the prices. Look at the deals they have. Go through the Pulpamex banner or Pulpamex show banner on our websites to help us out as well. And uh, there's a whole section on there. Like right now, Michelin has uh, you buy a set of Starcross tires, you get a set of tubes. So things like that at motorsport.com. Also, thanks to the folks at Arma. 
Uh, Arma Energy, the Blitz, the is great for hydration stuff. The Fire is great for some stimulation, like caffeine stuff. When you're riding, uh, bicycling, whatever it is, uh, Arma has got you covered. They got protein powder as well. The best part of Arma is use the code PulpMX when you check out to save twenty percent on Arma.com. Weege. We got Onyx Maps. I've been talking about it for a long time, but, you know, a year after this global pandemic, which led everyone to do family time, outdoors activity, uh, still popular, still need this. 450,000 plus miles of trails are mapped out for you, and you can leave your own notes and waypoints for others or read others' notes. You can only get it there. So go to onxmaps.com or on X Off-Road. You really want to get the app, so go to Onyx Off-Road in the App Store. Check it out. Do a free trial, and uh, you'll be glad to pay the money once the free trial is over, which you know is something I heartily endorse. Right. Always use your free trial. Always oh, use it. Always. Did you use the Onyx for the GNCC this weekend? Didn't you go? Uh, last weekend. Oh, was it last weekend? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, no, they're, uh, they, they mark those courses. Okay. They, they, do, oh. they do put arrows. Um, but actually, I do wish I had it because, as you remember, my bike broke and I had no clue where I was, and I sat there for a half hour. So it would have come in handy. Right, right. Uh, I saw also yep. Caleb Russell uh, intense taser in the in the e bike race. So. <laughs> yes, he did sad. race the e bike race, and uh, none other than Jeff Russell, Caleb's dad, who is the uh, course builder for GNCC. Uh, I see him in a dozer. Of course, he 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 only exists in a dozer or a water truck. That's it. I don't even know if he can walk. Right. He comes up and he's like, "When's your boy Matt that's going to do one of these e bike races?" Yep. I heard it a lot, Steve. GNCC Nation wants you on an e-bike at a GNCC. Yeah, I've always been there for those people. I've always been there for mm-hmm. them. You guys know that. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd, oh, yeah. I'd like to get out and do one. I, yeah, i got to figure it out somehow. But um, mm-hmm. but I can only do it on a taser. That's it. I'm a, I'm a contracted taser rider, so I don't know how that's going to work. You know? I, I, I feel like uh, whatever you ask for, Intense will probably help with. Okay. All right. We'll figure it out. Uh, 250 class, uh, Dallas three, uh, JT, JT, this is the Justin Cooper. We thought we'd see, uh, he was, he's been fastest at, at the first two Dallas's in qualifying, but, uh, yeah, it hasn't gone that way. This is what we thought we'd see. Gets a start and takes off. Yeah, but he really didn't run away with anything. You know, great job. He controlled the race. He did everything he needed to do, but honestly, I, I still thought that he would be more dominant than even that, you know, because McAdoo, I don't know how much they showed on TV. Like, McAdoo was there pretty much the entire race. Like, he was two, three seconds back. I was wondering if it was lappers, though, because the gap got to 3.6, then it got to 1.8. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, is that lappers? Well, e- either way, I mean, McAdoo was able to match pace, yeah. really. You yeah. know, it wasn't a Justin Cooper runaway, which is what I, I thought we were going to see. So I guess I should just be giving more credit to Cameron McAdoo is really what it comes down to because right. – Cooper did everything he's supposed to do. I just McAdoo was able to go with him. Right, right. Um, so he's got the points lead now. Yeah, that that thing flipped pretty good. This is turning out to be a great series. Unless Weege, like I think Cooper's the best guy. I just do. Uh, I, this is going to be a great series unless Coop figures this out. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, he's got the most pedigree. Yeah, he's won fewer races than you think, but yes. he's been a podiums. front runner. His podiums, podiums all over the place. Yeah, he's been a contender for almost every championship he's been in, which is certainly not what you could say about McAdoo or Hamaker or, or Hunter, Hunter Lawrence or right. whoever else is in this. Right. However, uh, I will say, yeah, he didn't roll McAdoo. It's like McAdoo has taken that step. So it's still within the margin of error, uh, I believe, really. It's probably going to come down to somebody's going to have one more 
screw up one more bad race right. like McAdoo going down in the whoops. I bet you there's going to be one more of those in store, and I think that'll tell the story more than just someone just being two seconds faster at the end of 15 minutes three times in a row or whatever it is. Hey, Wacker's lost three points from that penalty, and he's two back. So Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I'm, fully, I'm fully behind that penalty. I'm fully behind it, but I'm just, yeah, just saying. He lost more than three positions, right? I thought it was, but he wasn't he like seventh, seventh, eighth, and ninth or something? Well, it's more than three points, though. Wouldn't it be? No, the back then. No, because it was it was out of the top five. Yeah, so there's only so it was one just, point. Oh, okay, so we went seven and ten. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think I think really the story was Hunter Lawrence in the Nets, though. Really leaving leaving the 250 class. That that was the story. All alone in third. Uh, looks like he got a little uh, feisty, overjumped. <laughs> Triple and uh, yeah, the Nets once again just saved saving a life. He, he hey, honestly, he would have hurt himself. Yeah. So no, no. as 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 much as it pains me to give you that much credit, it saved him. Like he he was found for the concrete off of his motorcycle. Um, yeah, and and he thanked me on Instagram. I I, I guarantee you, he had no idea. And then just literally last night, everyone was tagging him. Yeah, everyone's saying it. Yeah. Right, right. So so he's probably like, I don't know what this means, but let me thank Mathis. Blah blah blah. So. Listen, I'm buddies with Ricky right now. Can one of you two pull him aside, break this down for him? I'm pretty sure he knows. I doubt he knows. I doubt Come he on. knows. Everyone I, says it all the time. He, he doesn't pay know. attention to that shit. I think, I think he does more Can than one you, of you guys you just be like, does. hey, RC, come here. And then just be like, look, man, the guy came up with the Nets five years ago. Prater said it wouldn't work. Everyone doubted him. They save so many lives. Can you just, can you just throw it out there? Oh, you want to mention? Oh, yeah. you wanted to say it? Oh yeah. What did you oh, guys think I was gonna? Yeah. What did you? What'd, I just uh, some sort of acknowledgement. Yeah, on the broadcast. I uh, know. I don't. That's yeah, not happening. coming. It's not happening. Yeah, no, I don't think that's happening. Well, that's no. bullshit. That's bullshit. It's probably up for that's sale. Fine. I mean, okay. It, can, it's can, right can, check. Pulp Mix can have it. Can one of you guys pull aside Todd Harris or Lee Diffie? Maybe. Same idea. You know, I would say this as an announcer. As an announcer, I would feel like I'm dropping serious knowledge if I were to go like behind, behind, behind the scenes of like, here's how this concept happened. I almost feel like that is the kind of thing that you would drop. Thank you. And you know a how journalist. much. And you know how much they would get praise on social for doing that from Pulp Nation. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it is true. I think the problem is they don't realize how how potent Pulp Nation is. Hunter Lawrence now knows. Wow. Listen, the Nets, I mean, the only problem with the Nets is there aren't more Nets. That's the only problem. They need more. Well, I was going to ask you something uh, about the Nets, actually. I believe your original goal of the Net was for the 90s, the 90-degree corners, to have berms. Or 180s. We were having 180s on flat turns, too. Yeah, some. But, I mean, we haven't seen a berm in a 90-degree corner, um, I don't know, just the last two, three decades. I mean, good God, we used to just have these corners where you would just slow down and roll around the inside and everyone would yeah. just follow everybody and it was flat it's true and it was mostly yeah. wow it was all about rider safety sure it was <laughs> yeah but i'm saying uh, jt i'll ask you this if you had nets in the then everyone universally knows you can't pass in 90 degree corners but you have to have 90s it's just the way you fit a supercross track in a football stadium if you had a net and you could build a huge berm around the outside which maybe opened up a rhythm. Could you get passing in 90s if you had a net and a berm? 
Yes, but I will say, so the uh, rhythm section that Tomac was commenting on that he wasn't as happy with, the end of that rhythm section, guys were using the outside berm on that 90 before the triple. Mm-hmm. A guy in, uh, in the afternoon qualifying sessions, whiskey throttled off the berm into the wall, broke his leg. I, I watched oh. the entire thing happen. I oh, needed a net. Wide open right into the wall. What's, oh. what's a net cost? 2K? What's that thing? No, uh, 2K? I, I've never sourced a net before. Uh, $2,000? I'll give him $2,000 right now if I could get a net built. I mean, seriously, it's like <laughs> some poles. It's got he a base to it. more money than anybody I've ever met. I love uh, it. He's like Bill Gates. Yeah, yeah. Tell Zacco. Tell Zacco. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, just no problem. Uh, let's get a net. Let's get more nets. What, what's the problem here? They, they work. They're great. They save lives. There's no better net guy, though. There's been no better net guy than Baggett, right? Just, I don't know. Oh, yeah. The Hunter one was good. This one was good, but Baggett was like Spider-Man. It was great. Yeah. Well, Hunter, Hunter wrapped himself around the pole. Yeah. Which was great. Yeah, it looked like it needed repairs. I was getting tweets from the stadium. <laughs> it was. It, they were working on this for several yeah, minutes. Right, right. Yep. Well, he did his face first. Didn't he hit the pole face first? Dude, hey, he's, yeah. he salvaged he a fifth. Pissed. Right. He got back on his unbelievable. bike. Unbelievable. Fifth. So, yeah, good job. Uh, Seth Hamaker being a all-star seven in Pulp Mex Fantasy was the easiest pick I've ever made in my life. The guy was hey, on it can, all day. Can we can we say that if Hunter finds a way to pull this championship out, he owes it to the Nets? Oh, why do you do that, JT? No, it doesn't. I think, no, I think, I think it may be valid. Of course. Of course. No, no way. There's no way he finishes that race if he ends up face first on the concrete. Dude, we've had 10 guys hit the nets and save lives. I've, I've yet to hear from any of these, these, these guys, any of these assholes. No, uh, I'm not saying he has to say it. I'm saying can we point actually, to the net being the catalyst for this title if he ends up pulling it out? Because I am firmly in the camp of he DNS that race without the net. Um, okay, actually, I should take that back because Carnell and AP did thank me for the nets. When I say that no, nobody has thanked me. And maybe, That's right. Maybe Baggett did too, actually. Not. Maybe a lot of guys have, actually. Maybe I Forrest, uh, Forrest did immediately. Oh, yeah, Forrest thanked me. Yeah. I've never heard from a rider. Well, except for AP and Baggett. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I got a little carry word. And, and Hunter Lawrence this time. <laughs> this morning, right, yeah. Right. So. so every single time, actually. <laughs> no, 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 not every single time. But maybe every guy that has my number. <laughs> JT, I cannot believe you're opening the door for Steve to be able to. We could be at Salt Lake City, and he could just turn to us and say, "Hey, Hunter Lawrence, well, you, why did you do this, JT?" Well, listen, so I don't. I don't want to be the guy that every time Steve says anything, I'm just I just poo poo it because I feel like that a lot of times. But I so when I actually think there's some, I have to I have to speak up, otherwise I don't have any credibility, and I just look like I'm trying to argue with him every time. So okay, you can have this one. That's a lesson okay, that today's well, media uh, could learn. You, maybe, should, you should go on a, a nationwide tour with that attitude. Maybe these, maybe some of these guys in power can listen to me about these goddamn tough blocks because I got some good ideas for that too. I'm not here for that one. Like that, that one, I'm. Uh, hey, it's going to cost about. It, it's going like, to cost about eight bucks. It cost about eight dollars. And let me go to Home Depot, and I'll submit you the, the receipt, and 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 that'll be about it. About eight bucks for three tough blocks. So take three, divide by eight. I got it. I got it handled. <laughs> I'll go to Home Depot. It's not a problem. I'll do the shopping. It's fine. Prater, Mui, Gendro, anyone listening, I got this. So, uh, Jalik Swole, fourth. Jalik's having himself a good series, man. He has gotten has, so much has better. He, it's unbelievable. Has he done enough to get another contract? 
too early? I think he has. Who who are they going to get that's better than him right now? I don't know. I, I mean, that's that's the that's right. the fair question, right? right? Like that's what should be the question. I think he's done enough personally. Going into the season, yeah. I would have said no. I would have absolutely said no going into the season, but yeah. he's he's convinced me. Yeah, he's got two podiums, I think, or just one. He's right up front, anyways. Um, just one, but. Yeah. yeah, with this level of improvement, you know, yeah. you would tend to think he'll keep going that direction. Yeah, he's definitely deserved it, I think. What, what's terrible about the whole thing is he left Red Dog's facility, you know, to go to Baker's. And now he's better. And I'm going to pretend that, you know, that didn't really happen. But, yeah. Hey, he did throw Red Dog the lifetime shout-out on the oh, podium yeah, last yeah. week when he yeah. made it. That was cool. No, he definitely has thanked Red Dog a lot. So, uh, March yeah. Banks was yeah. good. March Banks was uh, – he crashed, but he was good. He was moving up. So uh, sixth place for for Garrett, um, seventh for Zombie, Thrasher and Fry ninth and tenth. They're, maybe they're huh? maybe they're good. Huh? Maybe enough? they're back. Is this enough? That's a better question because wow. I think I think Swole has done plenty. Like that, he's he's shown promise after a horrible summer. I think Fry and Thrasher are the question. Fry was better uh, all he day was. long. Yeah, all day he long. He was. Um, he definitely was. But that team, the expectations are just through the roof over right. there. Yeah, when you look at Blos and Peters, like, should they be beating these guys? Zombie and Peters? But, I mean, yeah, they're veterans. They know what they're doing. So, you know. Oh, we stumbled into Peters beating the two star kids again. <laughs> yep. KP sells used trucks in the offseason. Just got a podium. Hey, so does Bobby Regan. Hold on. Like, relax on that. What? Like, it's the family business. It's, no. not like he, it's not like he went out and sourced the job somewhere. Like, went on... Went on some, uh, you know, find a job no, but, website. But he's not like in the back, like just kind of, you know, doing the books or something for the family business. Like Phil had to buy a truck from him. Yeah, there's a lot of money in that, though. I, I don't blame him. I'm just saying. He's, he's selling. Yeah, he's yeah. on the lot. Yeah. Like he's, he's walking. Good for him. Have you asked Phil how, how well? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have. Did? I have, yeah. Phil. Phil highly shit, critical of Phil his sales. Phil shits on his. Well, I, there was no out the door price. I think that was number one. So. Oh, of course. Um, I, uh, I, I, now I'm starting to hear, I think he did make maybe a little more in a rate across. Oh, really? Leading on. Oh, did you, did you get a little intel? Uh, not the 500 K. Is it somewhere between 50 and 500? Yes, I believe it is between 50 and 500. I can go that far. I don't don't have the receipts as the kids say, but, um, I think he's doing okay. And by the way, Steve, you are using him selling used trucks in the offseason, you are the Jeremy Martin dream killer, okay? So be careful how you use these. He had a regular job. What do you mean? Well, I mean, you don't allow Jeremy Martin to use that at all. Well, because he's a multimillionaire. Oh, so you're saying Peters has to do it to make ends meet. Yes. Peters don't make any money. <laughs> but you, so, you think, you so you think Peters on the Pulp Show was playing, like, playing coy, coy. To, to be like, you know, hey, don't come over here, anybody listening. I, I, there's some easy math of purse money that I've heard somebody do. Oh, okay. Um, All right. Yes. And it was like, oh. Now, it's true. I mean, what's the question? Like, what did you get for winning the title? Maybe what he said was true, just for the title. But if you do 20 rounds right, times right. the purse, so it goes up significantly. Is Chase Stallo vindicated? No. Okay. All right. No, okay. No. Okay. Well, no, I don't, need to, I don't need to know the numbers to know that he has not vindicated. Okay. All right. Five hundred K. Jace Owen eleventh. 
Uh, Carson Mumford, 12. That's good for Mumford. That's that's it a was. big step. Yeah. Yep. And he didn't go backwards like he has in other races. No crashes. So, yep. Very, very good job for that. Cody Shock crashing, though. Jeez, he was oh. at fourth, man. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, he crashed, and then he got plowed trying to get back on his bike. It was, yeah. a, it was a whole thing. Right. Uh, Dominique Thury, again, when I see him, I just, like, couldn't just keep thinking about how – couldn't you do that round one, Thury, at Orlando 2? Couldn't do it? No? Couldn't, couldn't make them in? Um, JT, is there a little soft spot in your heart for a German supercross racer doing well now? There was until I picked him at Orlando, and he completely came oh. apart at the seams. Yep. Now that little heart, that part of my soul has been crushed and is now black. Uh, Mitchell Harrison also, JT? Uh, yeah, that was pretty pathetic, to be honest. I have no idea what he was doing. Okay. Um, what else? Uh, Lopes? Did and- he not know Subarus was there? Like, I mean, I, I don't know. The, the, even after the contact, even after the contact, you're like, "What? Okay, big deal." Don't hit the tough block. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Know. I was very. Impressed. Yeah, he went was... one third speed through the sand for. Like, this is all fantasy related, by the way. All the things we're saying over these oh, yeah. last probably four or five riders. So just want to make that clear for everybody. But that Harrison one was br- brutal. He was in the spot. He's better than the guys around him. He goes eight miles an hour through the sand. <laughs> it's, it's gets hit. Clumsily falls on a tough block. Like what? You, that's for the main event. Yeah, you 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 look at a guy and you're like, okay, maybe that's a guy's first ever. Like Mitchell Harrison's got like fifty supercars under his belt, maybe more. He, it's like he took a dive. Yeah, maybe maybe he did. Um, Is there pulp money in the two fifty class? No, or the no, non main not. event. No, there's not. Maybe once uh, Braden's four fifty. Okay. Uh, Cheyenne Harmon made a first main event. Uh, Fawn Vile made his first main event. Michael Hicks. Michael oh. Hicks. Yep. Derek Kelly, yeah, first ran, main event. Ran away with that LCQ. Yeah, he did. I, I made sure on Twitter everybody knew it was not Eddie. Yes, I, I saw right, that. Right. Um, so good job to all those guys for making main events. Um, someone else didn't make it, right? Styles didn't race. Uh, oh, Jordan Smith. Oh, Jordan. Oh, Big crash. God. Oh. That was what originally set... Mitchell yes. Harrison off into this bad path. Yes. Jordan needs to, I don't know, just, well, I guess he's going to be out now, right? Shoulder dislocated. So there's no way he comes back in for Atlanta, I don't think. I don't know. Sometimes Jeez. he can. So. I don't know what to say. I mean, <laughs> some of it is we say that Jordan, you know, he, he hangs it out or whatever, but then some of the, this is just first turn. Yeah, this, yeah, but. I mean, dude, he is hitting the deck a lot. Oh, God! Every, every all every race but one, I think. Yeah, he got, he got seventh last Dallas two. Yeah, and then yep. uh, that was Daytona it. Tony got run over, hit yep. with foot peg, big crash in the loops around one. Yep. God. Oh, the two crashes at Arlington one. So you thanked Sue Harrison and Smith not making it, and then you got uh, Hicks and Kelly and Harmon and these other guys in it. So good job for those guys mm-hmm. to get in. Well, um. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Atlanta and the three there. The track should be really cool, I think, I hope. I'm looking I'm, forward to seeing a Saturday morning from my couch. Are we going to be like – is this going to be a, a, a Daytona issue, Weege, where I'm going to have to get people involved? It's a felt-run event, so I think we'll, we in the media will have standard um, – you know, work with our buddy Sean Brennan from Felt like usual. I don't think we're going to have a problem. Like press box. Well, it'll be in a press box. That's all I ask. I'm just sure some, there will be, okay, yeah. Just I mean, somewhere to watch the race. 
It is a failed event, I'm sure it will run just like the other failed events. We always had the problem at Daytona where it was like, oh, we didn't even know we needed a press box. Um, Sean knows. We'll be good. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to be back. And, yeah, what does this track uh, hold? What does it entail? Are you going to Salt Lake City? Uh, believe it or not, the final I cannot go to because oh. uh, there is a live flat track show that weekend oh, wow. that I have to be TV guy for. Um, but I don't know that. There's two Salt Lakes, right? So hey, Yeah, you're out. You're out. Just, just, if you can't go to the second one, you're not going to the second last no, one. No, I mean, I haven't found the incentive. Wow. I have, I've had no regrets here. I haven't found what I'm missing by not going. Well, That's the problem. wait till I tell you what I paid for an Airbnb in Park City for that week. Oh, you're righting the wrongs. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm righting the wrongs sit, of last I'm year. not going to sit in a darkened hotel room with no window. Or no, no, open there. No, no window to open. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm in well, beautiful. Well, if I recall, though, you said, "Oh, you were just too cheap," but it turns out it was very pricey to go to Park City. It was very pricey, the mm-hmm. pricey. Yes, but I'm bringing my, the wife, so we have to. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. So. Well, she could have brought her last year. That would have been fine. <laughs> okay. We uh, hung out. Uh, I guess outdoor testing for a lot of these guys, right? From now, not next couple of weeks, I would imagine. When. When Pookie wants to go to dinner each night, are you going to tell her, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm. <laughs> oh, JT's still bitter. Yeah, still still angry. Well, I'll be in Park City, JT, so I'll be far away. <laughs> oh, I, I'm coming home, so you do it. You do you. Oh, okay. Um, uh, right. Outdoor testing. By the way, one other thing to throw in. Um, oh. Levi Kitchen, the amateur, yet another star racing Yamaha rider, is – just absolutely lighting the world on fire. He dominated through the freestone races. Uh, I've heard quite a bit about he does go riding, of course, with the pro guys on the team and uh, how fast he is, or should I say he's faster than them, than his teammates. This dude was not even heard of one year ago, Levi Kitchen. And now all of a sudden there's, it's already starting to garner some serious hangdown hype. Like, he's, he's turning pro at Hangtown, or that was not in the cards until they saw it? Uh, uh, well, I think it was 50-50, but oh, okay. he's going so fast now, I don't right. think they have a choice. Right. Um, but I believe he's going faster than his teammates, including the pros. Well, Fry, Fry should do everything he can to get, get like, a padlock on that bike. <laughs> yeah. Like, he could chain himself point. to the bike, like Copperfield, <laughs> David Copperfield. <laughs> you know, and then eat, swallow the key. And just be like, yeah, I don't know, man. You're not giving the bike away. Um, hey, we does Ricky Rackman? Do you talk to him? No, I've never. He actually, yes, he came hit. So Ricky Rackman, by the way, the former host of MTV's Headbangers Ball, back when that kind of music was a thing in the what late '80s, still around, involved in flat track. They did bring him in once to audition to be the color analyst. So I had to call a fake race with him. Um, he's a good hype guy. I wouldn't say he's an expert analyst for television. But that's it. I've never interacted with him beyond okay. that. All right. Well, I, I wonder if he's got some crazy stories. But, yeah, I'm sure he does. Oh, come on. Right. Absolutely. Right, right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Rackman, our, our buddy Kristen Beat, uh, got, like, laryngitis or something. Yeah. He couldn't do the second flat track show. And there was Ricky Rackman handling the yeah. uh, podium interviews. Yeah, yep. great. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you actually remember Ricky Rackman? As oh, Ricky yeah. Rackman? Oh, yeah. Everyone knows Ricky Rackman. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he was, yeah, I mean, I was in Canada, but I still knew who Ricky Rackman was. I didn't watch MTV. You still know who Ricky Rackman is, though. Yeah. Oh, wow, I didn't oh, realize You that. know what? He jumped in for Loveline for a little bit, too. With uh, Drew? Yeah, Dr. Drew. Uh, Corolla got booted by then, and so he was the, the co-host after Corolla. 
Oh. So I think I remember him from like when I first became a mechanic, li- listening to uh, K Rock or whatever Love Line was on. So. Wow. Oh, he's so much more depth than I realized. Maybe we should have had him as the analyst. Yeah, absolutely. A variety of topics. Yep, hmm. for sure. All right. Anything else? Thank the folks at nope. uh, Fly Racing and Renthal and Maxis and Cobalinks and Motorsport, Arma, Onyx Maps, as well. Um, all right. Dallas. Hey, can we just congratulate JT? You went to every single one of these races, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't even have a VIP program going. You just want to go to races. I I, I want it. I I, I mean, I I just, I have to give it to you. He he wants it, yeah. Yeah. Yep. There is no financial gain for you going to these races. There's no extra pay. No, no. It's just, uh, it's just full commitment. And it's it's coupled with the fact that I have no life. So those two things, the divergence of those two things has built into the the perfect circle. Twenty twenty one, baby. Gets the fever. And I and I exactly said those words a, a couple months ago, and you got all mad at me. And I said those mm-hmm. exact words on a podcast. I said you got no life. Right. Like, wait, 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 yeah, yeah. You, you start freaking out on me. You can't insult me. I'm allowed to make self deprecating humor. It's exactly. I mean, whatever, man. Yeah. You know, like what else are you gonna do, right? Besides going to the races. Well, I do have a job. Yeah, yeah, but I, you're doing I, your job at the races. So if they let you, then cool. Yeah. All right. I went. Uh, I went mountain biking with Gene Newmack before Dallas too. I saw G- I, I talked to Gene. Oh, you uh, did Saturday. Yeah. Uh, no, Tuesday. Tuesday. Hmm. I don't know. Tuesday. I talked to him at some point in the stadium. Yeah, yeah. Mean Gene. Good yeah, rider. Mean good five hundred rider. Good. My first 500 national rider. ever. Gene spent about I'm going to say a solid ten minutes of the first moto trying to take me out uh, because he was angry that I was passing him. Right. Yeah, and so, then the second moto, he was just ro- rolling around because he was so exhausted. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Weeds, JT. Thanks, boys. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take your money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just 
thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The Dogger, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years go by.